Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Handoff. Foster running right across the five. He gets in. Arian Foster, his third touchdown of the day. And the Texans are beating up Indianapolis. What is good? What is up? It's Jordan, our Texans Thoughts, and we're back with another episode. This week has been jam-packed, but I hope you guys are excited for the content. We've got another special guest today, and that is Miss Lori Fitzpatrick. Lori, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We're uh, first, um, you know, one and three in the draft, so it's it's mm-hmm. an exciting time. All these prospects, a bunch of unknowns. Nobody really knows who's going number one. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, the draft is going to be an absolute crapshoot, super unpredictable. And we hold, you know, some really important draft positions. Like you said, we kind of hold the keys to the draft and how the rest of the top 10 and first round shapes up. But we're going to get into that um, really quickly. I want to do some few housekeeping things. Uh, first of all, YouTube channel is on the road to 6,000 subscribers. So if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, we're growing at a great pace. and I'm just looking forward to more. Um, if you are not able to hit the live show, check out the audio version on Believe in Texans and all your typical podcast platforms. Um, and then to introduce Lori, if you guys have not already seen her work, um, it is amazing. Definitely go check it out at her Twitter, which we linked in the description. Um, I've done a video with you before, Lori, where we discussed, where we previewed, um, I think it was week one of the past season, Texans versus Jaguars. So most of my fans should be aware of who you are and the talents that you bring, but if you are not, Lori is a former player in the IWFL, the WFA, and the LFL. Those are all the correct leagues, leagues, Lori. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was I was only on the practice squad on the LFL, but uh, but yeah, played you know five five and a half years, running back, uh, corner, a little bit of linebacker thrown in there, uh, punt returner, yeah. kick returner. So, yeah, I, I had to learn a lot. <laughs> within the x's and o's you know it's a team game so you kind of have to know everybody's responsibility and kind of learning it in my you know 20s mm-hmm. gave me a chance to kind of get a different perspective about it so yeah it's kind of led me to where i am now so yeah love the game of football <laughs> no that's awesome it's awesome to play all these different positions because then you get a really good view of like how the entire of like a football operation works for sure and so she was the queen of versatility Lori was goddamn playing all these positions um that's awesome love to get a former player's insights into the nfl now Lori also is a great writer at touchdown wire and the draft wire so she's been doing tons and tons and tons of work on this draft class so definitely give her a follow and check out her work um and she's also believe in jaguars podcast host so now i've joined the, the believe uh, network, we are on the same team. Let's go, Lori. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to talk again with you today. Well, let's get right into it. Enough is enough. Um, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about is, like you said, the Jags sitting at the top of this draft order. You guys have got to be so, so excited. Is that kind of the general feeling for having, you know, back-to-back number one overall picks? It's exciting, but it's also, there's a lot of pressure, right? So you can't really afford to miss uh, being, you know, the first pick overall again, um, you know, you need to get an impactful player, uh, a guy, you know, who's who's going to be in it for the long haul, hopefully a professional, um, you know, a pro bowler, 
that's yeah. really what you're looking for. But I would say this is probably the worst season the Jaguars could have gotten the number one pick or the first off mm-hmm. worst off season just because like who knows who that consensus pick is they're going to be thrown in the I don't know through the ringer in two or three years come to find out like if they pick Hutchinson and then he dies off and Trevon Walker ends up being like a stud Mm -hmm. and then the other way around like no matter what they're gonna probably uh you know get get the short end of the stick so (laughs) probably like it's exciting but it's nerve-wracking Definitely, definitely. Us Texans fans definitely know the horror stories that can happen with a bad number one overall pick. They get just such put under a microscope and such heavily crucified. It's almost unfair to the player, but that's, that's like you said, the pressure that comes with it. So hopefully you guys can nail it. Well, actually, I, I hope you guys absolutely miss on this pick. But yeah. um, like you said, it's a there's not really a consensus for who the Jaguars should take. Um, they can probably go in so many different directions. And we've been hearing as the draft is a week away, we've been hearing so many different rumors who the Jags are interested in. I, I, I saw a tweet saying, you know, Trent Balky likes um, Trevon Walker, Doug Peterson likes Ikem Ikwonu, and then um, someone else like wants Aiden Hutchinson or something like that. But there's all these different directions that they could go. Um, I guess we'll start with kind of the most shocking name and the kind of name that's come out of nowhere. What do you kind of make of the rumors that Trevon Walker could potentially be the number one overall pick to the Jags? So it, it was interesting, right? Um, Bulky really likes guys that perform well in the NFL combine. Mm-hmm. So it's really no surprise uh, that the guy who performed probably one of the best uh, is now being considered as a as the top pick. Like, I don't think it's a smokescreen at all. I don't mm. think Balky is, you know, I don't want to say he's not smart because he's yeah. obviously a smart guy, but I don't think he's, like, smart enough to kind of throw this whole thing into, mm. you know, whatever people are thinking that it is. Um, I just – I think it's a scheme thing, to be honest, because uh, mm. the Jaguars ran a lot of uh, a 4-3 last year. Uh, and you know that Walker kind of played – he kind of moved all around the off, uh, the defensive line. Um, so I think it would it would fit in terms of the scheme, right? Um, so the uh, it's actually the uh, Press Taylor, I believe, or um, I'm sorry, uh, Mike Caldwell, okay. who wants Aiden Hutchinson. So that – yeah, yeah. So the defensive coordinator is the guy who wanted uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Then you have Doug Peterson who wants the offensive, uh, the offensive lineman, and then Balky who wants uh, Walker. And I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be terrible. Um, it, it's just, it's something that's up in the air. You know, you really don't know when you look at Walker. Mm-hmm. He's he's gigantic, six five, two seventy five. Um, you know, he has a 9.99 uh, relative athletic yeah. score, uh, you know, that's that CAR score uh, mm-hmm. that's up there sometimes, you know. I mean, he's a he's a really good run stopper. He can go sideline to sideline. He's, so he's extremely athletic. He has like a really, really good burst. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's an athletic guy. I wouldn't hate it. Um, it would just suck if Hutchinson ended up being like, yeah. the guy um but yeah bulky would do something like this 
because all of the Jaguars fan base like can't stand Balky. They wanted him fired. So mm-hmm. of course he would just come out of nowhere and make up, oh, Trevon Walker is now the new number one pick. Like, of course, because he like hates the Jags apparently. So or the fans. <laughs> so it, it's just funny to be honest. I just laugh like as someone who I try not to be biased. Um, but you know, I followed the yeah. Jaguars for a while. Um, so I just think it's funny of someone who, you know, has been following them since, you know, the 2000s. So like, of course this would happen. Oh my gosh. No, I, I think we know how it feels to be kind of prisoners to a, a poor GM who maybe doesn't make all the right decisions all the time. And then we have Bill O'Brien. So it's definitely a, a interesting to say position to be in as a text, as a fan of that team. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I get the... I get some of the interest in Walker. Like, I'm not saying he's like a bad player whatsoever. I don't think anyone is, but I just feel like one is so high for him. So, so high. He's really come out of nowhere. Like on Caesars Sportsbook, they do like the betting odds for these types of things. He wasn't even listed as a potential guy on the number one pick list when these books, when these odds opened up. And now his odds are plus 140, which is only behind Aiden Hutchinson, who's at negative 170. So he's got the second highest odds to be picked number one. Trent Baalke, the guy who has the most power essentially in that organization, that's his golden child. That's who he wants. The history is behind it. Like it was, he's made similar picks before, and people are giving the the Alden Smith comparison with Trevon Walker. Just kind of in terms of like their raw athletic guys. There's a lot of projection involved. I think they're very different players, but I do agree with you in terms of like the scouting report that you gave, and I think he has some high floor in terms of run defense there's just a lot to work out as a pass rusher and when you're drafting at one like i think you'd rather go for a premium skill set in terms of getting a, a refined pass rusher who like you said like aiden hutchinson could be exactly that and it would suck to see him five years down the road and he's just a perennial pro bowler double digit sack guy and maybe trevon walker is still gonna be fine for you guys but it'll be the biggest like what if um if you miss on aiden hutchinson as well for sure so sorry go yeah ahead. No, no, no. Like, I agree with you 100%. Because when you think about athletic guys coming from the NCAA, it really doesn't matter how athletic they are. Because any athlete is going to have a high ceiling. But it's how good are you at your craft. Uh, Because, you know, there are a ton of guys that are amazing athletes, you know, and, and go off in the NCAA. And then they come into the NFL, and everybody's an athlete. So it's like... You know, you have to be really good at something, um, you know, in, in order to, you know, better that craft to yeah. be, you know, uh, a consensus number one pick. And, yeah, it's interesting how he wasn't even in the sports book and now he is number two. But that's all because of Trim Balky. Like, he was the guy that was that was leaking information about Urban Meyer during the season. He was the guy that, you know was leaking everything basically uh, when he's not happy he happy he leaks that information you know i saw a lot of fans on on twitter of the 49ers that were saying that when he was there uh he was kind of leaking information too so i think a lot of the reason why walker is this consensus pick is because the big media when they call the gms he doesn't stop talking you know <laughs> he's willing to tell anyone what he thinks even if the head coach says he wants somebody else, even if the defensive quarter says he, coordinator said he's, he wants a different guy, uh, he will say what he wants. Um, and even if that's a, at the expense of the Jaguars as a franchise looking 
totally disorganized. Like, it doesn't matter because Bulky is the scout. This is what he wants. He does what he wants. And he is a good drafter. I mean, yeah, he got Alden Smith. And, you know, he was a guy who got, what was it, like 33 sacks over two years? So he he was a really good playmaker. And Bulky does draft well. So it, it would mm-hmm. be interesting. I wouldn't absolutely hate it. But, yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Just imagine, though, if he ends up being – the best pick of in like Jaguars history, yeah. Bulky will be like the god in Duval. So you guys gonna have to like, put up a statue for him. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, I I think. Oh man, I have so many things I want to say based on. Okay, first off, <laughs> um, we talked about kind of like this rise out of nowhere with Walker, and I feel like it kind of like it's interesting like debating him versus some like the other edges in this class. Like, I know Kayvon Thibodeau always gets the the Jadeveon Clowney label. And he's kind of even admitted to like comparing himself like that. But I feel like Trevon Walker is more so of a Jadeveon Clowney, like you mentioned, in terms of, you know, someone who is super athletic, a very good run defender. Um, but they need to master their craft. They need to show that work ethic and they can't just rely on their athleticism at the next level. That's where I kind yeah. of draw that Jadeveon Clowney um, comparison, you know, all the measurables you could want, all the athletics. Maybe mm-hmm. they're like they're super explosive, might not be as bendy as you want, but like they've got all the athletic gifts you could really want, and he's gonna be a high floor as a run defender. And like maybe he wants you want to push him in inside um every so often, like you did with Clowney as well. So um do you see that as well? And then I want to talk about bulky some more after as well. But do you see that kind of comparison? Yeah, I, I do, I definitely do. Um the the only thing that I that really makes me nervous is you saw the tweet that was put out. Um one of the PFF guys, it's a shame that I don't remember who's uh mm. who, who who it was, but you know, he gets less than five percent uh wins like in one on one matchups uh yeah. without stunts or or blitzes. And that's scary, right? Because do you think that you know maybe he's projected to be so high and he does so, so high because all of their focus are on other players on the mm-hmm. Georgia defensive line, like, yeah, he's super athletic. Um, but you know, was he just a part of this amazing defensive line, and that that's what makes him so good? Because that statistic scared the heck out of me when I saw it. Uh, winning less than five percent on one-on-one matchups, and only what was it nine sacks in over three years? Mm-hmm. That that's not a lot of production. And when you look at Aiden, he's got fourteen and. I mean, you don't know. I haven't seen all nine of those sacks, and but was it because of these stunts or these blitzes, maybe up the A gap, and he was able to get through, uh, you know, the B or C, and maybe that's why. Um, I'm not really sure, but I know that he had a tough time against uh, Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe everybody kind of did yeah. because Evan Neal is supposed to be, you know, he is amazing um, in terms of, you know, uh, the past um, blocking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, tri- he he's nervous. I mean, he makes me nervous. Walker at that, that prospect, man, less than five percent of the wins. That 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 tweet really uh, kind of made me really want to consider Aiden instead, uh, and, and thinking this might be a, a huge bust. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. It's definitely like a boomer bust type of pick, I think, especially in terms of just purely the pass rush part of his game. And I think he's one of those players where. You know, sometimes like the stats of one player will show a picture and then the film will show a different picture. But I think the stats in the film 
with Trevon Walker actually match pretty well. Um, like you said, like looking at those nine sacks, like from the ones that I saw, a lot of them were like cleanup sacks where maybe it was Jalen Carter, maybe it was Nolan Smith, one of their other um, defenders would force the quarterback out of the pocket and Trevon Walker would chase them down, stuff like that. So that was a lot of his sack production um, as opposed to, you know, high quality sack where you're winning one-on-one versus a premium of tackle, like you mentioned. So there is, I, I, I would be nervous too. I don't even want to take him at three. Um, I would yeah. take him like outside the top 10. That's where I would take Trevon Walker. So I definitely feel your, your nerves on that. Yeah, um, no, d- definitely. And, and just one more thing. I, I, I think that uh, in free agency and in last year's draft, they addressed the run issue that the Jaguars had. Uh, they were almost like, you know, I think they were bottom five in run defense. Um, they drafted like Devon Hamilton. They got uh, Roy Robertson Harris from Chicago last year in free agency. Um, this year they got um, Foley from the Jets, who's a he, who's a nose tackle, um, who's, you know, a really good run stopper. They got uh, Foye, um, the Mike linebacker from Atlanta, who's yeah. crazy sideline to sideline athletic uh, athleticism. Um, and then like that's all focused on stopping the run then when you look at who's on the other side of josh allen like Dwayne smooth he he's more of a guy that kind of took a really long time to develop um Mm -hmm. so last year was probably like one of his best years but why not get a stud after you look at the production that the pass rush had last year for the jaguars i have i don't know why i didn't get this stat before i came on here but they were like bottom five in pass rush now so it's like, why would you go for a guy like Trevon Walker, who's an awesome in run stop when you were bottom five in pass rush and, and in sacks? You know, it's just like it kind of doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, bulky, I guess, is the best player available type of guy. So, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense at all, especially when you think about like comparing Trevon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, like. I think it's, it's no argument in terms of Hutchinson being a better pass rusher right now, but even like his run defense, like that's still a strength of his game. Like I don't, I wouldn't say it's much worse than Trayvon Walker's either. So even if like Balky wants to prioritize that run defense, like you're still getting that with Hutchinson. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't like 100% agree on that. Um, no. Just because like when you look at Aiden's arms, man, yeah. they call them like you know, crocodile <laughs> arms because they're so small and, Compared to uh, Walker, man, yeah. he's like really lanky. That's why he's kind of compared to, um, you know, Alden Smith because he's he's just an athletic freak. Kind of that RAS score is mm-hmm. is kind of at the really very good and elite level. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Walker is definitely a better run stopper. Um, Aiden with those small arms tends to kind of get stuck on blocks sometimes and if you look at a lot of the tackles in the league that their arms are so long because mm-hmm. you know what are they doing they're obviously trying to you know keep you as not, far away from yeah yeah so they're not trying to lessen the the, the separation so yeah. they if you can any left tackle gets their arms on aiden like i've seen a bunch of clips where he's just taken completely out of the game um mm-hmm because of his short arms. So if he doesn't get that first step, uh, you know, with speed and he's not lined all the way out wide, like a wide nine, then he's kind of taken out of the game. So, and you can kind of, any tight end is going to come over, block you to the outside and, and run right up that C gap right in between the guard and that tackle. So 
he is a liability in the run game. But again, that's why the Jags got Boye and Foley from the Jets. And they have Devon Hamilton and Malcolm Brown and um, uh, Tufele, uh, Jay uh, Tufele, I think his yeah, name is, from UFC. Yep. Or UC, USC. UFC. <laughs> yeah. The UFC. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Um, quick question I wanted, I've been wanting to answer throughout. What is your accent, Lori? The people in the chat wants to know. Tears Texan wants to know. So I'm from uh, South Jersey, like cool. New Jersey, and um, I was spent a lot of time in Philly. So that might be it, actually, because <laughs> uh, they have they kind of have a twang down there in in, uh, in Philly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's a little different. Right now, I'm in. Um, I moved to Miami, Florida, though. So, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but, um, but yeah, I would say like a South Jersey, uh, Philly accent, probably. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. 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 Okay. Awesome. Um, I also want to touch on before we keep going into this, Trent Bulky. He's a really fascinating man. We talked about him a lot today already. I think the the last thing I want to touch on with him is. Do you see, like, if is he on the hot seat whatsoever? Like, do you think if he messes up this pick, he's gone? Or do you think he's got some decent job security? Well, uh, they wanted, actually, to get a, an executive vice president on over top of Balky. Right. Um, you know, and who would report to Shot Khan and who would be, like, the liaison, like, between him, Doug Peterson, um, but someone above him to kind of um because i'm not gonna say he's like manipulative because i'm not in the front office i'm not even a jaguars media member you know right. i'm someone who watches the film so it's tough to say uh you know what the whole issue was um but after everything i kind of saw and watching obviously all of you know the videos they put out um Sorry, one second. Um, you can still hear me though, right? Yeah, I can still hear you. Perfectly. All right, it, it'll it'll come back on in one second. Yeah. No um, worries. but uh, I think when he, when when he's asked questions on the podium, he he completely avoids them when they're tough. Um, and I think that maybe he kind of manipulates uh, any of the issues or any of the the questions when it when it comes terms to remoting or uh, speaking to Shad Khan. So I think Shad kind of wanted someone else to kind of to kind of speak for Trent Balky to what exactly is going on, and what the news came out today is yep. that he, they're going to hire someone from uh, the 49ers yep. who actually worked with Trent Balky. So it seems like he's and now he's actually going to be underneath of him. Mm-hmm. So it's like now he's getting someone he kind of flipped the script on what everybody <laughs> thought was going to happen and now he's getting an assistant gm instead of an executive vice president and it's someone that yeah. is basically his friend who used to work with him so it's like i don't think he's in the hot seat <laughs> now yeah. because it's like how can you hire that guy like what is going on um so yeah i don't think he's in the hot seat um but if this draft doesn't go well um yeah, then then I think that he will be. Uh, this season is going to tell us a lot mm. because you know it, it was it was a it was obviously really rough with Urban last year, but now you have a Super Bowl winning quarter, uh, not a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a Super Bowl winning head coach. So uh, mm. if you kind of mess this up, 
then yeah, I think he's gonna be out of here. Yeah, then it's like it's time to point the fingers at Balky at that point. Like he's been given Trevor Lawrence, he's got a Super Bowl winning head coach, like you said. Um, there's no more blame to pass around. Yeah. It would definitely be him for sure. But yeah, no, that's exciting in terms of hiring. I believe it was, it was Ethan Waugh, right, from the from the 49ers. Um, so yeah, he was actually a really smart guy. I, I ended up like hopping on a Zoom call with him because through this like scouting thing and, and learned a lot oh, from wow. him. So he's a very interesting and smart man for sure. Dang, I, I couldn't get a call, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was like a few months ago, really. But um yeah, no, that's very exciting. Um, I hear you on that. It's interesting the way you kind of describe Balky is kind of like the manipulative guy. He's kind of starting to sound like a Texans figure. Jack used to be that we are, are not big fans of, but hopefully it doesn't get that bad for you guys. Um, okay, moving on. We talked about Trevon Walker. We talked a little bit about Hutchinson. So I guess between the two, who would you prefer? Whew, that's tough, man. <laughs> um, so I'm going to... It's it's so tough. Um, yeah, I like I like Aiden's production. You know, if you can absolutely dominate in college, then you have a chance of being really good at the next level. Um, so his you know his floor is already higher. Uh, yeah. I think he's the safe pick, and that is where I think the Jaguars should go. You sh- it should be safe. Um. <clears throat> On obviously the other hand, uh, I think uh, Walker would be. He, I think he would fit really well in a three-four defense where he's mm-hmm. like the the edge rusher, not the outside linebacker, but yep. you know maybe in a you know a four technique lined up uh, head up against the the tackle, uh, and then an outside linebacker you know on the outside of him, uh, mm-hmm. so you can get pressure because Aiden is a guy that's purely you know on the outside who oh, can, you know, be that pass rusher. So I like the versatility of Walker. I personally, um, well, I think they should go with Aiden, um, but I do think that there is another way, like if I was the GM. So, yeah. <laughs> but in this situation, I would say uh, probably go with Aiden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it, I, I would say the same thing. I just think he's the safer bets and that one, like, you do kind of want to swing for the fences at one, but the Jaguars are also like a team that they kind of need to hit on this pick. So yeah. there's a little bit of both there. Um, okay, so we talked about Trevon Walker. We talked about Aiden Hutchinson. And as you mentioned, Doug Peterson is a big fan of adding to the offense. And it seems like he has got his eyes set on Iki Ekwonu, the tackle slash guard out of NC State. Um, what do you make of that rumor? Do you think that they should go offense and help out T-Law? Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's tough. Um, when you look at Doug Peterson, uh, this is why he wants an offensive tackle because Mm -hmm. with the Eagles, when he, you know, took them to the Super Bowl and they won, they were like a top three offensive line, uh, and so Doug Peterson, he was an ex-quarterback. Uh, obviously, like he worked with, you know, Andy Reid, and uh, who's an offensive lineman, Brett Favre, who's a quarterback. He's all about quarterback play, protecting quarterback. Um, I think it would be, I wouldn't be mad either at going with, uh, going with Evan Neal or Icky. Uh, at this point, I think uh, Icky would probably be the better. Uh, pick because he's more versatile and they 
did tag Cam Robinson. They have Walker Little, who was, you know, kind of a dark horse last year, um, who ended up, you know, getting hurt, and then he sat out for COVID. Uh, So he was more of an unknown pick. But when he got in there and he played as a left tackle for Cam Robinson when he got hurt, he played really well. Uh, So if they end up picking a tackle, I would say either throw him on the right side um, or even put him next to Cam Robinson at the guard position. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've read that uh, Icky can play guard. Uh, So honestly, it's so crazy because I, it's so hard to give a straight answer though. Right. So like, no, I hate this guy. I love this guy. That is not the case this year. I would be happy with Icky too, to like, to be 100% honest because every, Trevor Lawrence is the baby of the franchise. He needs to be protected and Mm -hmm. he's great in the pocket. You know, they didn't have a terrible offensive line. So that's the only reason why I'm and would say go with Aiden, the defensive side, because that helps Trevor too to keep him off the field because they didn't rush the passer at all. They kept, you know, they never got off the field in three and out ever. Like it rarely happened. And, um, so I do, I'm, you know, one of those people where it's like, yeah, the defense helps the offense. Um, so yeah, I would, um, you know, I, I like the defensive side, but obviously Icky would probably be the best uh, choice uh, for versatility, um, pure pass rush. If they didn't tag Cam Robinson, or maybe if they think about moving him, Evan Neal would definitely be, uh, you know, the, the pass blocker. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I do think Ikonu is better at guard than Neal would be. Um, he has kind of a better build for it in terms of his height. Like it's super hard for Neil, like to play guard at six, seven, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Icky as well for you guys. And I think you shared a similar sentiment that Texans fans are feeling is that, Hey, we can go in like a numerous amount of directions with this pick and, and I'd be happy with it. Like, I, I think it's, it's kind of, we're so high up and there's a lot of pressure, but it's also kind of hard to mess up because there isn't a consensus on all these players and you could just go all these different directions and still get a good player for sure um so i'm with you on that what else did i want to mention yeah oh okay actually first texans tears thank you for the 20 dollars. i appreciate that i will be graduating late may i'm done with all my my assignments so that's awesome and yes Lori is the greatest um you also mentioned if you were to take a tackle potentially putting him on the right side see i've been a big not a big juan taylor fan but i feel like he's been pretty good there for you guys at right tackle or do you think he's been kind of he would be replaceable by an icky opponent i am not a juan taylor fan at all um i say get rid of him hey at least i can give you a straight answer for one of your questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i'm definitely i'd say you know put walker there next year um walker little um if they decide to not uh take a tackle early in this draft um i'm just not a fan of juan seeing how bad he whiffed on a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of blocks last year. Um, he, he had a rough time. Um, that's not a consensus thing. You know, some people hate on Cam Robinson, which is like wild to me because I watched the film like consistent. And I'm like, do I not see what they see on the broadcast? Like what is going on? No, like I like Cam Robinson, like a lot. Um, besides obviously his injury history, but yeah, Juwan Taylor, I'm just, I'm not a fan of man. If anybody that's super fast coming off the line of scrimmage, he's he's getting blown right by. Like it's it's crazy. And then once he once he's blown right by, he kind of like sits there and like no, like turn around, get your ass back, try to protect your quarterback. And he's like looking for the next guy to like come oh, in. Gosh. Like nobody else is coming. They're 
Trevor is running for his life. Like, <laughs> just recover. Just try and try and make an effort to get back to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, and that's frustrating for sure. And and that's a good, that's great, like little tidbit there, because I feel like the consensus from like outside of Jacksonville at least is that Juwan Taylor is like a pretty solid option, and that's why now the tackle the Jaguars have their two tackles and they're fine. But that's why it's great to get insights from an expert like you, a film grinder like you, because like you said, like like I say all the time, the film don't lie. It don't. It tells us, it gives us all the answers. And so that's why I'm always glad to have you on because you share that same belief. So that's interesting to me. I learned something new today. Um, then yeah, honestly, Evan Neal would still make sense then if you want to put him at right tackle or Ike Mekwanu, like both of them make sense. The Jaguars can really go any direction with this and come out on top and come out with a dub in my opinion. So we talked about the main three guys. And then we kind of talked about if you were the Jags GM, who would you draft? You're going Aiden because you believe the defense helps the offense as well, or you going to no, no. So like, if I had to pick those three, I would yeah. probably go Aiden, right? But if I was the GM, I yeah. would totally call the, all 32 teams and try to trade out of that pick. Honestly, mm. um, try to tr- trade back, get maybe like two picks, because then maybe you can go back to like five or something. Any team that wants to draft a QB, yeah. right? Try to draft back, then get then get um, Akeem or Icky. I'm not sure if I'm even saying his name right. I feel bad <laughs> every single time I say it. Um, uh, so get that tackle, um, and then grab a wide receiver. They have uh, two third round picks, um, so you know I think they have 12 altogether. So they have a lot of picks. Um, they could, you know, they could afford to lose some of them. Uh, in yeah. some trades to move some spots. I, I wouldn't pick number one. Uh, if I was the GM, I would really try to trade out of that, which I know you guys don't want as Texans fans. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen because there's not a consensus number one pick. So I doubt it's going to happen anyway. That's what I was thinking is like for like everyone always wants to trade down, even as Texans fans, that we always think about trading it down. But like when you actually are in that position, like you need someone, there needs to be demand for your pick. And especially in a year where there's not a consensus, number one, like it's going to be hard to attract someone to spend that extra capital and move up to number one. Like, I guess you're, like you said, you're looking for a quarterback and maybe you're really sold on the belief that the Lions are going to take Malik Willis at two. There is a lot of smoke there. Personally, I still don't see it. I think they're going to go with a defender, Um, but it would make sense if they were to go Willis. And then so a team would want to jump down and go to you guys at one. Is that kind of your logic there? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would hope so, but I mean, that's why I think that Aiden Hutchinson said what he said, saying, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, based on our conversations, I'm going to be the number one yeah. pick overall. Like, Jaguars are definitely picking me. No, his agent told him to say that because, <laughs> like, oh, man, like, we wanted him. Like, let's trade up and get him. Like, you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think that he was kind of told to say that um, because a lot of these teams are – obviously talking to a lot of players so yeah yeah no it's definitely i mean this close to draft season it's definitely smoke screen season um my buddy thor here said he tweeted spoke with source close to michigan edge aiden hutchinson you said he told me hutchinson believes he'll be jacksonville's pick at number one overall based on his interaction with them i mean who knows it's, it's really all he said she said that's really all that there is at this point and we're only going to know on draft day. That's when we'll actually know what all of this, these rumors, which one's true, which one's false or whatnot. But it's very interesting to follow. Absolutely. I'd be super on the edge of my seat if I was a Jags fan. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
Um, what would you put kind of the odds at of them trading down? Do you think it's above 50% below? No, I think it's probably like 15%. Yeah. Um, that's like, that's if something happens where like teams, there's like something leaks that like, you know, two teams want, uh, want Pickett or, mm-hmm. or Malik or something like that. Like, you know, and they say, oh, like, you know, I really want to make sure that we get him, we get our guy. Um, because I don't think the Jaguars have been, they don't have a history of like negotiating super well in, in getting a lot of, uh, interesting, a lot of bang for their buck. I mean, this was the best that they did when they, when they, when they traded CJ Henderson and ended up getting uh, a pick from, uh, from Carolina, that was amazing. They ended up getting a six-round draft pick for Gardner Minshew, um, which was mm-hmm. not bad. Um, because you want to try to get as many as much draft capital as possible. So I am, I you know, I'm happy to say that they, you know, they do have a lot of that. But yeah. I don't think teams are calling Jacksonville to to move up. I think teams will call the Texans, um, based off who Jacksonville picks and who the Lions pick, um. But I don't know if, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything that any teams have called Jacksonville at all. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough year to to hold that pick as an asset because, like James says here in the comments, um, there's really not a quarterback worthy of picking in the top five. That's there's not many consensus takes um, in this draft class. But one of them, one of the consensus takes is it's not the best quarterback class. For sure. No. Right with that in my first in my first mock, I didn't draft a single quarterback in the first round, and people thought I was crazy. And I'm just like, like I know they, I know quarterbacks get hyped up, you know, yeah. especially during draft time. Um, but before draft time even came around, there was no hype on any mm-hmm. any of these guys. You know, it only comes because obviously the quarterback is the most important position on the field. So, you know, you want to think about the future, but yeah. I mean, if if it went my way, none of these quarterbacks would go. Um, but you know, teams right now are kind of, you know, what are they chopping at the bit just to kind of get a quarterback? So yeah. some teams don't don't have their guy at all. It's always going to be the most demanded position for sure. You need it to win, absolutely, absolutely. So I hear you on that. Um, as we work through these questions, I guess the last one, Jag specific is. We talked about what you would do if you're a GM. We talked about all the other rumors. At the end of the day, if you had to put your money on who this pick would be and predict who the Jags are going to take at one, who would you predict? Um, I would say that the Jags are – they'll probably go with Aiden Hutchinson just because it's the safe pick. Um, if Bulky can you know, manipulate, manipulate his way into – being, you know, getting his guy, there, there, there could be a chance. Um, I can't say a hundred percent. I would say it's probably like maybe 60, 40 Aiden. Uh, mm. and then, or like, you know, uh, 50, 30. And then that little bit of 10% would be <laughs> a tackle. Call new or someone. Okay. Okay. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I think it's a safe bet to place for sure. Um, okay. We're going to move into the question and answer portion of it. I'm going to go to Twitter. But before I go to that, I like this question by Rick the Ruler 713 in the YouTube chat. He says, Who is Lori's favorite prospect in the first round? Doesn't matter the position, doesn't matter whatever. Who's your favorite first round prospect, Lori? 
I really like Kyle Hamilton. Yes. Um, he he's an amazing safety. I mean, and you haven't we haven't seen a lot of really good safeties come out um, of college in a while. To be mm-hmm. honest, like, and that position in the NFL has become kind of soft, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, a little bit has to do with the rules. You know, you can't helmet to helmet, anything like that. Um, but you think about like Brian Dawkins and, yeah. you know, um, just Troy Palomalu. Like those guys, they're just not around anymore. They're like guys that can really get sideline to sideline with speed. Um, Kyle Hamilton is uh, is definitely. Uh, one of the, you know, top guys, I would say. Yes. If, if, if the Jags could pick Kyle Hamilton number one overall and not get like completely stamp, slammed for <laughs> it, I would totally be an advocate for that. I think they need him. Oh, that was the perfect answer, Lori, because I'm, I'm absolutely 100% on board with you. I love Kyle Hamilton. And I feel like this is like our collective like love for the film that is is giving us this love for him because when you watch his film like he does some freakish things some things that you don't like it makes your jaw drop it makes your eyes pop out of your head like like he just did that like wow like he makes unbelievable plays for sure i think and it's funny you mentioned troy polamalu um that's one of my comparisons for him i kind of say like derwin james troy polamalu that type of vibe like super athletic super physical um he's versatile he can cover in the back end, but you want him deep and too high in quarters. You know, a little bit of single high. Maybe you don't want him all day long in single high as, as an Earl Thomas type, but he can do it for you. Um, and then come down in the box. You can blitz him. He's a great run defender. He really just does it all. And I think you're absolutely right. Like he will be that enforcer and kind of that leader in the back end. So if you're a team that doesn't have a lot of secondary talents right now, like he's he's perfect for you guys to start building that second year built around him um absolutely Lori knows the film don't lie yeah man um and uh, my second guy Devin Lloyd um because uh linebackers again they're guys that are kind of built up uh you know they don't really start uh flourishing until like their second or third year in the league uh you know just because the outside linebackers are or the defensive end and outside linebackers and like three, four defenses are so dominant um, that, you know, inside linebackers kind of get overblown or it takes a little bit for them to really get going. And I think Devin Lloyd is going to be a beast right off the bat. I think so too. And it's really interesting that he was a former safety um, and then he converted to linebacker. And I think you definitely see that when you watch him, like he's so, so good in coverage, so smart, so fluid like he's explosive he'll break on the ball really quickly and so i think that's something that like you mentioned the linebacker that they added i have no idea how to pronounce his name but the linebacker from the falcons and how he's a great run defender well i think if you get lloyd if you guys manage to i don't know i think he could actually fall to the to the top of the second round or if you guys want to trade up and take him i think that'd be a good duo do you think that'd be a good jaguars duo for the linebackers yeah i mean he he, he might not make it but i wouldn't be upset with Nakobe Dean either uh, from from Georgia. I just tweeted a video of him today, and Mina Kimes retweeted it. Man, my my notifications were going off for a while. So, <laughs> so yeah, I really like him too. Um, you know, sideline to sideline linebacker. But yeah, Devin Lloyd he can also pass rush too. That would be amazing if they were able to get him. Um, and yeah, man, in the chat I see Stingley, dude. I just wrote an article on him. Um, because he went off in his pro day and kind of proved to everyone like, Hey guys, I'm here. Like, I know y'all forgot about me, but I'm back. (laughs) 
type of type of attitude and i think he should he should be the number uh one corner to go to the giants uh because they're gonna play a lot of man-to-man and yeah sauce can play both um but i think if a team plays man-to-man uh that uh sting stingley would be their number one pick so i'm i'm releasing my mock draft i think tomorrow um and i think i have the giants taking him Okay. Okay. Well, definitely everyone be on the lookout for Lori's mock. I think you're right. I think in terms of like pure man coverage corners, I feel like Stingley, one of the edges I guess he would have over sauce is that I feel like I would trust him more to travel around from side to side, even into the slot a little bit. I think he'd be a little bit better at that than sauce would. So I hear where you're coming from. Um, we'll take some more questions in the chat. Beige wants to know, Lori, what are your thoughts on the Christian Kirk edition and the contract that he got with the Jags? A lot was made out of the the big money that he got, but from a Jaguars fan and and, and you know expert, what was your take on that? Uh, I think no matter what they do, uh, they're kind of wrong all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, for some reason, they're just like the scapegoat of the league, yeah. and now it's the Jaguars' fault that Debo Samuel wants to trade, like because. <laughs> because of the contract that Kristen Kirk got, you know, oh. now if it's, if it's a money issue with Debo, that's like a part of the reason. And it's like, come on, no, it's not. Uh, but I mean, I think a lot of players get overpaid when they come to Jacksonville, you know, Calais Campbell uh, got overpaid when he came and then they became Saxonville. Um, but, you know, I think, players like some guys want to come to Jacksonville and Mm -hmm. it has to do with maybe Florida and the state tax and not having any. Um, That's definitely something, you know, Doug Peterson is another reason, Uh, but that's only like this year. Uh, But generally they're, they overpay for free agents or uh, so that wasn't really a big deal to me. I like Christian Kirk though, uh, as a player, he's a guy like when you look at his stats, he he's gotten better every single year. Yeah, he hasn't hit hit a hundred uh, or a thousand yards in a season, but he also had a lot of receivers competing with him uh, in terms of like getting the ball. Uh, so I think he can kind of flourish in a system uh, with the Jaguars where he's not confined to one position. He can play the slot, he can play the outside. Um, but I do think the Jaguars kind of go for another receiver. They kind of they they're going to need a true X. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, I think it was definitely a good pickup. They really, really, really needed him. Um, but they shouldn't be done with just him. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with your take on, like, him as a player. I think he'll his, like, vertical threat and ability to stretch the field and, and get some yak would be big for, for Trevor Lawrence for sure. Um, kind of going off that same vein, primetime Vari wants to know, can we count out the Jags of going wide receiver early on in the draft? You said they might still add one, but are you thinking later in the draft, like day three or day two maybe? They should. Um, if if somehow they can get out of the number one pick, um, yeah. I think that second pick should be uh, a wide receiver, and then they'll kind of go edge in maybe the the as the third pick at thirty three. I think they absolutely should get a wide receiver, especially early, um, just because of the dominance that you know of that position right now, yeah. like the depth of uh, wide receiver prospects. Uh, is pretty deep and if they don't get one early i'm not saying like the drop off is significant but it kind of it kind of is um 
you know, there's a lot of players and you, they should really consider uh, picking up one of those guys. I think a, an, an X receiver who can get 50, 50 balls. Um, obviously Jameson Williams would literally, he's like my favorite <laughs> offensive player in the draft. Yeah. Um, that was one of your questions. And I just wanted to get that out there. If they somehow <laughs> got him, Oh my God, they would strike gold. But yeah, he, um, He's definitely my favorite offensive player. He's your favorite offensive player. Okay, interesting, interesting. I was literally just about to ask you who would be the first-round wide receiver that you want. And you mentioned Jameson Williams, but then you also mentioned the 50-50 ball aspect of it, and that had me thinking Drake London. Would that be another avenue you'd like? Yeah, I mean, he's tall, and when <clears throat> the Jaguars actually picked up J uh, Zay Jones uh, yep. from the – I was going to say the Oakland uh, – Las, Las Vegas. 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 Um, and he's a taller guy. He's a Z receiver. Um, but I don't think he should be the Z receiver. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Um, but they did pay. That was one contract they did definitely overpay for. I mean, he's only smart to kind of to sign that thing. Um, I don't really <laughs> remember what it was, but I know it was a lot. Um, they definitely kind of overpaid for that guy. Uh, I don't know what they see in him. I haven't even had a chance to kind of. I I think I posted a thread of some of his uh, plays last year. Um, but I'm gonna have to dive into him uh, a little bit more. But yeah, Drake London would be awesome. I don't think a lot of the other fans would be too happy about that, just because there's there's something kind of going around right now that uh, Drake London is just like horrible at getting separation, and that's why he has to fight over ball so much. And it's like, you know, that's not always the case. Like at least yeah. he gets them. Like that's <laughs> the important thing, right? That's he what matters. Them. Um, you know, you don't have an NFL quarterback throwing to you either. So who knows? Like maybe there a lot of balls are behind him or he has to dive for them. He has to jump up and get them. Maybe they're double teaming Drake. You know, maybe, you know, maybe he's facing a lot of zone and, you know, like there's so many reasons on why he, you know, maybe he's not getting that separation. Um, but that was definitely um, a concern for the entire wide receiver and wide wide receiving core of the Jaguars for the last like two years. So that whole weakness of lack of separation, I think maybe wouldn't go over so well. Um, but I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be either. I, I think I'm with you on that. I think Drake London, there are a lot of variables at play. Um, I think at the end of the day, like you said, like a wide receiver's job is like to get open and, and to catch the ball. At the end of the day, the catching the ball part is what the most important part is. And, and he's a, probably the best hands in the class. Probably I would say him and, and Trayvon Burks are up there. Um, but I think I thought he was actually like a fine route runner. Like I didn't think there was anything really wrong with his route running. I thought he was pretty creative. He got decently like low in and out of his breaks. Um, but like you said, like he was getting double teamed a lot. Like everyone in the stadium knew where the ball was going to go when the Trojans would drop back to pass. Everyone knew, and they would send double teams to London, safety over top, cornerback underneath, whatever you, whatever it was. And they still made it work. They still completed so many passes. He was still extremely productive before his season ending injury. So yeah, I think yeah. if they trade down into like the mid teens or something like that, like Maybe they get, what, from the Saints? Maybe it's like 16, 19, and like a future first as well or something like that. I don't know if you want to move that far down, but I'm trying to think of teams that have two first-round picks. Like, I don't think you could get like five and seven from the Giants. I don't know. But that would be an interesting thing um, to think about. Okay, I'm going to look to Twitter now, and then we're going to finish up with our those rapid-fire questions. You already answered the favorite offensive player. But Mr. – not Mr. MFG713 – GMFB on Twitter. He wants to know from Lori, 
I know a lot of focus is going on the players expected to be drafted, but how much do you like the round seven or even likely undrafted talents? Any basically any sleepers in round seven undrafted? We talked about your favorite first round player being Kyle Hamilton. Now we're going to the opposite end of the spectrum. Do you have any guys off the top of your head, some sleepers, seventh rounders, or UDFAs? Oh, uh, that's tough. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some some running backs that I like. Um, I like uh, I like Pierre Strong. Uh, mm. He was one of the actually he was the fastest uh, running back uh, in at the combine uh, this year. Uh, and so th- there's a little bit of him that kind of reminds me of like LaShawn McCoy in a way. Uh, and That's just true. in terms of like his like breakaway speed and his twitchiness uh, in terms of when he's running straight, he can kind of uh, do like a head fake or he's able to just basically keep that same speed uh, in and in and out of his jukes, uh, which are, you know, which is pretty good. Um but yeah, those uh those seventh round picks, man, they're they're tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like Valius Jones is a guy who would be all the way down there. Um, but but yeah, I really like him too. He's another speed guy uh, who's who's kind of tall. Uh, who I think some one team is gonna is gonna really like him. Is gonna get a lot of a. Uh, a lot of production out of him, uh, even though he's kind of drafted a little bit, um, or he's projected to be a little bit at the bottom. Um, yeah, so. no, I love those two names too. I think Pierre Strong is is getting a lot of late hype now recently, and he's a guy that I see as like Tevin Coleman kind of. I definitely see your LaShawn McCoy thing, but I, I feel like Tevin Coleman is the guy who, who came to mind. Like you want him in that wide zone scheme. He's just like a good one cut back to get downfield, and then boom, when he's up in the open field, like you are not catching him whatsoever. So he's got some juice for sure. Um, and I, I love Bulis Jones. I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought him up because I feel like he's one of the most interesting players. He spent six years in college, um, was four at USC, then he transferred to Tennessee. Um, and he's always pretty much primarily just a kick returner, and he's really, really good at that. So I think at the very least, you're getting a really good return man um, and probably somewhere on day three. And then I think he's got a lot of like room to grow as like a pure wide receiver, like in terms of learning how to improve his routes. He's got a lot of improvement, like potential there. Um, and then you also see that kind of like kick return ability in the yak game. So I think like he can be a great returner. He can also be a great gadget guy, just on screens, jet sweeps, end arounds, that sort of stuff. Just gets gets some extra yards um, after the catch, which is something I, I know the Texans really need. I, w- I would assume the Jaguars could use as well. So I think those are some good players for both of our teams. All right. Our next question from Twitter comes from fond of Houston sports. Shout out to you for all the questions. Every single episode. I appreciate you. You got three for us today. Hmm. Which one is the most interesting to me? I think the first one, honestly, I want to hear kind of your thoughts as a Jaguars fan, as someone who, you know, is not a Texans fan, but does watch, I mean, two Texans games a year, essentially. What are your kind of thoughts on Titus Howard? Do you think, like, what were your thoughts on him when you've seen him at tackle? And maybe if you kind of remember him a little bit at guard this past season, what are your overall thoughts on Titus Howard? Uh, who is that? <laughs> oh, no. 
That's not what you want to hear as a Texans fan. <laughs> he he played for the Jags. No, he's a Texans. He's a Texans uh, right tackle. Oh, oh, oh offensive oh, oh. I'm lineman. Sorry, I'm sorry. I thought like he was a guy that played that you guys just <laughs> got, and he played. Um, uh, no. Jags, no. Yeah, honestly, I'm. I can't give you a. Um, I can't give you no, anything. Else. But but you know what I'm gonna do? I'll, I promise you, I'm gonna watch. Uh, film on him and post a couple clips and um if you you know retweet him then uh you know that guy can get his answer because i feel bad that i don't have a reason but he looks gigantic (laughs) i'm googling him right now number 71 yep 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 you got him yeah he he looks he looks huge um yeah no wait yeah okay yeah Six five three twenty five something like that. He's a big, large human being, and, and he was our latest first round pick. I think back in twenty nineteen. Um, so huh, we, yeah, we, no, we I'm gonna we go really to the want film. to believe in him, but okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It'll be great <laughs> to get it, your opinion after you get to the film because I feel like, oh, maybe don't watch him at guard in in this past year. Um, halfway through, I mean, you'll see when you like if you pull up his uh, like pro football reference page you'll see like and you go to like the game log you'll see like which games he played guard and which games he played left tackle he's a much better tackle than he's a guard that, that's all i'll pretty pretty much say um okay. but sorry about that fun houston sports we'll get to that later as she posts the film and i will be sure to retweet it for sure um there were some more questions in the chat i wanted to get to there was one about trevor lawrence that i think would be interesting for everyone to hear there we go defons wants to know what are your expectations for Trevor Lawrence next season, Lori? Uh, I think he's going to do pretty well, uh, to be honest. I think that he has a lot to mm-hmm. prove. Um, I think he did a really good job going through his reads last year, uh, you know, going to sometimes like the third or fourth read. Uh, I think that he has great footwork in the pocket. Like he's able to climb the pocket. He's able to kind of roll out. And he was actually a little – uh, timid or I don't want to say timid, but he, he didn't really run the ball. Like there weren't a lot of Mm. like RPO calls, like QB keeps. Um, and I think he's going to do a little bit more of that next year. Uh, so I think, you know, that's one thing that we should kind of watch out for. Um, but I think Doug Peterson is going to do a good job, uh, get the ball out of his hands, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure on like stats, yeah, that's um, that's, that's tough. Um, I'm horrible I, I hope, at predicting stats. Horrible. Yeah, at it. it's well, so I'll hard. say something like four thousand yards, and people will look at me like I have five. Heads. I mean, <laughs> I mean a thousand. Uh, I mean a two. Yeah, I have no clue. Um, but uh, I would hope that he gets like at least like you know how many touchdowns did he have last year? I don't think it was much. I think he sh- at least like needs like twenty. Um. Now I'm going to have to look him up because I feel like an idiot even saying a number like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that too. And that's why we're well, film people. Like when you're, when you're a film guy, you don't really care too much about the stats. Yeah. Matter. Like I, that's one part of like my uh, journey, I guess, that I need to improve mm-hmm. on like are the stats. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at how good he plays against certain defenses or, you know, his progressions and, yeah. and like his footwork and, and how bad is his line and, you know, what does he do in, you know, in this situation? Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think that, uh, you know, he should, he definitely needs to lower those interceptions. Uh, 17 was a lot last year, uh, but he did take chances. 
So I hope that that part of his game, he doesn't like become afraid of like, you know, when quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions, maybe the next year they, they tend to not take chances. Um, But if you, if he can believe in that wide receiving core that he had last year, then he can, he should believe in the next one because that one was, as you saw, these guys are running into each other, running down the field. So um, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen this year. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't imagine he would lose his confidence. I hope not, because I feel like even back going back to Clemson, like he was always a pretty confident thrower. Like some people would throw out like the gunslinger um, verbiage, and I think he's he's always going to want to push the ball downfield. And adding Christian Kirk should help with that. Hopefully, another wide receiver in the draft. But let's get back to the draft. Let's finish off this stream, this podcast with the rapid fire questions you already answered. Your favorite offensive player was in the NFL draft. Going over to the other side of the ball. Who's your favorite defensive player, Lloyd? Uh, so, yeah, I we kind of talked about Kyle Hamilton, um, and I even wrote in my little notes here, I'm not going to be cliche <laughs> and go with Kyle Hamilton, but, dude, Devin Lloyd, like I said, man, like he doesn't, he doesn't just stop the run really well. Um, he can also pass rush, too. Like he has really good awareness. Um, even when he's pass rushing, like he has a good chop, like he has a good swim. Um you know, his closing speed on the quarterback, the guy just has it all. Um, he's definitely like one of my favorite um, defenders. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, like the linebacker position is kind of like undervalued now. Uh, yeah. You can get like outside linebackers like Will and Sam's or, you know, some of the linebackers are obviously being um, – being replaced by like nickel corners because nickel uh, defenses are becoming more popular. And, you know, who comes off the field when you call nickel linebackers. So um, I don't think they're valued as high as what they used to be. Um, And I think Devin Lloyd has a chance to kind of change that. Um, He's a middle linebacker. um, And I think he's going to be a really good one. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great, you know, sales pitch on him for sure. I think he's definitely really versatile. I kind of think of him like Anthony Barr a little bit, a guy who can just do a little bit of everything. You can play him as middle linebacker, as a will, drop him coverage on tight ends, running backs, or a zone over the middle, ask him to defend the run, and even just put him down on the line of scrimmage and and rush him. Um, So I'm with you on that. He's a very enticing player. And I think, honestly, I can picture it, man. I can picture Devin Lloyd falling to the second round, the top of the second round, and the Jaguars scooping him up. I think that would be a very good pick for sure. Yeah, somebody compared him to uh, Fred Warner. I was just like, Mm, wow. That's high praise. Yeah, like Fred Warner is like ridiculous. So (laughs) He's maybe the best linebacker in the game. He's he's probably top three for sure. That's crazy. Okay. Um, we talked about your favorite offensive and defensive player. Now let's get into who do you think is the most overhyped player in this draft class? Uh, Trevor Penning. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. I agree with you on that. Honestly, I think like he's one of those players where like you watch his highlights and like, man, yeah, he, he looks like he's doing the same pancakes that Evan Neal is doing and E.K. McQuone is doing, but you actually watch a full game of him. And this man has as many like low moments as he has high moments, maybe even if not more. And he's just so penalized, so like raw. He doesn't know how to play football. It seems like he's got a long, <laughs> long way to go. Honestly, <laughs> that is that's so funny that you say that. Um, yeah, he's like, just because a guy's aggressive, he's gonna go top ten. <sighs> like what? Maybe he's you know he's overcompensating for his lack of technique. 
he's out leveraged all the time. Um, like I saw him in the senior bowl and he was just being demolished. He was yeah. no hesitation. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, I'm not like dancing around and answer. Right. Uh, yeah. He's being out leveraged. He stands straight up when he's, um, you know, getting pushed back when, uh, when tr- obviously, you know, trying to in pass protection, um, he has so many penalties that that aggression, he's going to have to grab a hold of it. And there's, he's going to see so many better edge rushers. Yeah. So he's only going to get more angry. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it wasn't even like he was going against like top competition. He wasn't even the SEC. He played at Northern Illinois. You know what I mean? So like the competition jump going to the NFL is going to be crazy. It already gave him issues at the senior bowl. I think he's going to be more of like a developmental guy that you don't want to start right away. You're going to take him maybe in the later second round just because he still does have very great upside. He has all the physical tools that you could want, but like I would not start him as a rookie whatsoever. Um, yeah, no, he's so. like, he would be good, like a good locker room guy, I guess, like to get angry, like in basketball, yeah. you have like, I don't know, like Patrick <laughs> Beverly or one of those guys kind of like oh, keep your team I'm- in the game. You know, that's a good one. Trevor Penning is the, the Patrick Beverly of the football. <laughs> Don't call me on that. Yo. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, let's go on the other end of the spectrum. Who is your most underrated prospect in this draft class? Uh, yeah, I was gonna like, I kind of answered the guy's question on like, you know, a later round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Valius Jones, man, he just he has the size, uh, speed. Um, but uh, to to kind of since we already kind of talked about him, and I put an article out on this guy today, Drake Jackson, man, Drake oh, yes. Jackson from USC, the defensive end slash outside linebacker. Okay. Uh, dude, he is. I think he's a beast, man. I don't think that he was. He's being projected fairly um, mm-hmm. due to the coaching changes that he had uh, in USC. So he dominated when he was a freshman. He got like, you know, all, you know, all pro, whatever. Like, I don't watch too much college football, <laughs> like only film on prospects. Right. So I don't really know all the accolades, like 24-7, all team something, all second team, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah, he I'm had like, he had like 10 of them. Like if you go on the USC website and then this new coach comes in. And he's like, you're athletic, you're fast, you're going to be our outside linebacker. Mm. Like, And sometimes he was lined up off the line of scrimmage. He was lined up like as a middle linebacker. Um, I just think if he was able to kind of work on his craft as a pass rusher, mm-hmm. uh, he would have got a lot better. Um, but he kind of played out of position the next two years. Um, he played some – he played – as the other defensive lineman in like a two, four, five um, nickel formation on defense. Mm. So like when you just have like, you have a guy over top of the tackles and then you have an inside linebacker rushing the a gap and then like two outside linebackers or like one, he was the only defensive lineman and he was like destroying Mm. guards. But after his freshman year, they didn't play him there since he, since he was outside linebacker now he never he didn't go against guards anymore uh you know he was going you know against tackles and yeah he's a decent pass rusher but i think because of that out of position um because he was out of position i think that uh you know that he's a little underrated right now 
um, yeah, he has I, the size and the speed to be really good at the next level. Okay, I hear you on that. I think yeah, definitely a role change might be best for him because seeing him as like an outside linebacker on his 2021 tape, I really just wasn't a big fan of what he was showing. He seemed like now that you're now that you're explaining it to me, like he seemed he definitely seemed like uncomfortable when he was out that far on the edge. And it seemed like he was thinking more than just kind of like reacting and playing naturally. So I think that's probably where that came from is, you know, that transition from playing all these different positions. Like, I think you're right. Like just simplify his job, whether he's like a three tech in a four, three, or maybe play some four tech in a three, four, something like that, where he can get on the inside a little bit and, and use his, his long arms. Um, and he has like pretty good quickness. Like if he's going up against guards, like he's still, he's pretty quick. Um, and I think that would be better, um, better spot for him. So I like that name for sure. Yeah, he um, he had a ten foot seven broad jump, um, which ranked third among defensive ends. So with the combine, he was he was testing as a linebacker. Uh, but if you look up his uh, his you know measurables and everything, and you put them up against defensive ends in his yeah. real true position, then he's really competitive uh, in terms of like those measurables. Uh, at that position okay okay interesting oh that's that's definitely going to be one of those players where it really depends what team he goes to and what role they see him as yeah and and on pff austin gale that he put out um that pass rush uh win rate uh percentage when you look at trayvon walker he was under 10 percent you know pass rush win rates without stunts or blitzes drake Mm -hmm. jackson was 22 percent and he's the sixth linebacker, I mean the sixth defensive end, like the top six, right in right, that right. stat in that statistic altogether. Um, yeah. So he wins one on one matchups. He could be a steal then, because when I where I'm seeing him being projected is mainly like day three, like maybe mm-hmm. late day two, but for the most part it's it's day three. So it'll be interesting to see if the NFL is in the same consensus as you know draft twitter is i mean usually never is but well hopefully they're watching this podcast so exactly they gotta tune in they gotta tune in all right perfect we're gonna go to our last question today and we're gonna wrap it up um i know it's really late for you so i apologize for that but our last question is if you could okay so this is kind of a scenario so imagine you are you know the gm of the jaguars but the jaguars are their slate is wiped completely clean no one's on their roster you're starting from scratch and you could start that franchise with one player from this 2022 draft class. Which player would that be? Um, can I pick offense and defense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I would love to go with uh, Kyle Hamilton. Um, it's tough though. Um, it's tough because I'm torn between Jameson Williams. Like I like him so, so, so much. Like just watching his, his tape, man, his speed, his 50, 50, like his separation, his route running, like literally everything. Like I absolutely love Jameson Williams. Um, But when, in terms of safeties, I think they're, I think they, they're like a dime in a dozen nowadays. Um, Mm -hmm. And Kyle Hamilton is that guy that you want to build a defense around. Like if you just have Kyle Hamilton and then like two pass rushers, that's that's a solid defense right there. That's all you need. Honest. Just, just three players. Just three players. And, you don't need <laughs> I mean, obviously I, I played corner, so I do obviously like cornerbacks too. Um, but yeah, Kyle Hamilton, man, he's yeah, he's definitely getting high praise. 
and it's well-deserving in my well opinion. Well-deserving. I'm glad I found another big-time fan of Kyle Hamilton because, man, it feels like we've been, like, a lot of people, like, have been singing his praise and then just, like, recently with the 40 time and all that stuff, it's just been shooting down his stock. And I think it's a bit overblown, honestly, because he's one of those guys that – you know, genuinely, like if you watch the film, like he plays faster than he tests because he's just so smart. He's so instinctive. He's always like one step ahead of the offense. That's what I've noticed is like he's very good at like he'll take risks, but they're like calculated risks. Like he clearly is such a smart player to so much film study that he can recognize like an offensive formation and a certain like play call is coming. And then boom, he can pounce on it and be ahead of the play. So I'm not worried whatsoever with his speed. I'm assuming you aren't as well with his slower 40 time. No, so um, that's all media right there. Um, the media isn't interviewing players on, you know, recognition of, of you know, option routes on, you know, what he sees on film and what he sees when he lines up uh, on his hash marks, you know, like, what are you seeing when you do this? The media isn't asking those questions. Mm. They're basing everything on, on the combine and everything on, uh, you know, the, these times, but when you study film, that doesn't reflect in your measurables. That doesn't reflect in your drills. Um, that's just pure athleticism. And like we kind of touched on, athleticism isn't always everything when you have the amazing technique, when you're able to, you know, play faster uh, than, you know, what you test. And I think he's just, he's just that guy, man. He, he's smart. He's, he has good awareness, um, recognition, closing speed. Um, that sideline to sideline ability. I just, yeah, I really like him. And that's, that's not something that you're going to see uh, on, on that like test 40 time. Like it's not going to be there. So exactly. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. That's why you got to watch the films. Why you got to trust the film guys Do not just listen to the media and the narratives that they will spew because they're just going to make stuff up for clicks and whatever gets them the most attention. And then that's kind of not <clears throat> the best way to go about it. To my opinion. Trevor Penning. <clears throat> <Sorry>. <laughs> exactly exactly huh it's frustrating but if you trust guys like us women like Lori Fitzpatrick then boom you're gonna get a better view on this draft class because we trust the film that's the way to, that's the way to do it but that's the perfect way to end this honestly with the Kyle Hamilton praise so thank you so much Lori for joining us if you guys haven't already go toss her a follow on Twitter at Lori f-i-t-z-p-t-r-c-k there's no a and no i in the Fitzpatrick huh that was already taken yeah, yeah, just gotta stick with the fits. Make sure that's <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, Laurie, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll have to have you back um, for next season. Preview our next two games for sure. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hit the like button, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you haven't, check out the audio version. If you missed the full show on Believe in Texans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, that's gonna be it. For me for the week next week we'll be back though so i hope you guys enjoy the weekend take care and remember the film don't lie thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube